Okay, good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming. So today's, today's Sif, which we're up to Tzadi Bey's Sif Ches, we're going to talk about ovens and many halachas that have to do with ovens. And if you think about what we learned previously, you'll see how it connects. Not so obvious, but you'll see how it connects to the previous uh, few Sifim regarding drops falling on the outside of a pot. So the ovens in general is something that people discuss. You have a fleshig oven, a milchig oven, and many Rabbanim get shyless all the time where someone put uh, pizza in the oven before kashering it, before kashering it from fleshigs. It's going to come up in the nine days regarding, uh, you know, you just use your oven for fleshigs and, you know, for Shabbos, and now you want to use it for milchigs. And even in restaurants, we have questions of fleshigs and fish in the same oven. And we will see what exactly the shyla is. So in a regular oven, a regular oven meaning you have an oven that's not a pizza oven. For example, a pizza oven, you put the pizza directly on the floor of the oven. Or let's say you have a, a grill. You're putting the steak on the grill itself. Or a toaster oven, you're putting the bread on the toast. So there, there's an obvious transfer of taste. You had a, uh, a dairy waffle, it's like a frozen waffle that's dairy in it, and you put it into your toaster. You just made your toaster milchix. So if you want to warm up bread and toast it for your pastrami sandwich, you can't, obviously cannot do that because you're using a, fl- a milchik heli for fleshix. That's obvious. And a pizza oven will be the same thing. The question of our regular ovens, the way we use it, is that we typically use it with pans or pots, and you're not putting food directly on the floor of the oven. And even if you put it on the oven rack, it's not the food's not being put directly on it. So once in a while, you'll, you'll toast bread, or if you're making a, you know, you're heating up a wrap or a lafa, maybe you'll put it on the actual oven rack. But most of the time, where we're dealing with questions in halacha regarding chicken and kugels and pizza, you're putting food on a pan, and the pan is simply resting on the oven rack or on the oven floor. And as we've learned several times already, there's a very significant rule called that ain blia yoitzi miklila kli a blia does not go from one keli to another keli. Blia right if without sauce, if there's no liquid medium between keli A and keli B, even if they're both hot and they touch each other, if there's no liquid medium in between, the halacha is a blia does not go miklila kli. This is known as ain blia yoitzi miklila kli blia right if, or as some place can call it shnei kelim. It's two different kelim and it wouldn't be an issue. Just to give you an extreme case of Shnei Kalim, there's a book that came out many years ago called Dira Days, and he spoke about uh, if you took your your uh, glasses and you mixed uh, coffee with your with your eyeglasses, is that considered uh, milchix? Can you use the other side for fleshix? So, you know, uh, hygiene to the side, there's a, the question over there is the same thing, Shnei Kalim. If you have a screw going from uh, one piece to another piece, it's many screws making up one keli. The place can call that shnei kelim. This comes up when we deal with, with uh, handles of a pot. Let's say you have a handle of a pot. So there, there's different types of handles. Some handles are wedged. It's, it's wedged in. It's, it's, it's considered one piece. And other handles, it's screwed onto it. Many places can say that's called shnei kelim. Ain blia yotzim right And that's not our topic right now. But we know that going into this, into this, we have to wonder what exactly could happen in an oven. And why, in fact, do many people have Separate ovens, is that even necessary when So an obvious consideration would be spills. Someone spilled on the oven floor and they're putting food or putting a pot on the oven floor. You could, in fact, have uh, liquid on the bottom. But let's say you had a clean oven. Now let's assume things are clean. 
you can't always assume. You learn in Shulchan Aruch, if you have something that's clean, but when you open the oven, it's dirty. When you have a clean oven, what exactly are you concerned for? And the truth is, there's really three different topics within the halachas of ovens. Two of them are going to learn today. One of them is found in Simon Kovches. That is called Recha. Recha means the aroma. There are many sugas and shahs discussing Recha. Is Recha Milsa? Is Recha Lav Milsa? And we'll leave it for a different time. And the typical case of Recha is where you have items cooking in the same oven together at the same time. And there's aroma perhaps going from one item to the other item. You have challah baked at the same time as an open pan of chicken. Lechatchila, you're not allowed to use that challah for milchiks because that challah has aroma, has aroma from fleshiks, that's called reicha. So reicha is milsa lechatchila. So we, we're never going to tell you to put fleshiks and milchiks that are open in the same oven because reicha milsa, at least on lechatchila level. But Bidyevid, we're typically okay when it comes to Recha. So we're not going to talk about Recha today. We're going to talk about what is known as Zea. And when we're in the topic of Zea, we'll talk about Hevel, Hevel and Zea. What does this mean? So let's think about our ovens. So let's say you took a, uh, a pan of chicken and sauce. You warmed it up in an oven, 350 degrees, and nothing spilled. You were successful, and now you can eat your chicken. What happened during that time that... The chicken was in the oven. Was there any blia that went anywhere? Well, as far as the oven rack is concerned, there was a pan. There was nothing in between. I cleaned the rack. There was nothing there. So there's no blia going to the rack. So what could happen? So the place can say, we'll see what the source for this is, that perhaps there's zea, there's steam. We're going to translate it as steam that from the liquid inside that chicken. And the steam went up and it made the oven walls and ceiling of the oven flashics. Okay, now, an hour later, you're making a, uh, a lasagna, open lasagna, you want to get it crispy on top, same thing happens, you have liquid going up, and perhaps that liquid, or that steam, takes, absorbs taste from the walls of the oven, or from the top of the oven, goes back down into your, into your lasagna, and potentially you have an issue of, using that you just use this oven for both milk and flakes, and You've just made your uh, lasagna basar b'chalavs. That's the uh, question. Do we see any source for this? So we'll see as we go along. Many other similar shilas that that when we learn the sugya of zea, we'll see that zea discuss that the topic of zea will have ramifications for this. An example would be: let's say you have a, an office, you know, and and there's a coffee machine or a hot water machine at your office, and there's non-Jews and Jews in the same office, and the question is. Some people are putting instant soups, or let's say you're uh, in a non-kosher uh, meal. They're putting their they're they're pouring hot hot water over it, and the steam goes up straight into that spout. So can I go now and use this same spout for my uh, taster's choice coffee and uh, my kosher uh, tradition soup when the steam the hot water is just is just dedicated for water the hot water urn? But now the steam might have gone up into the water spout. I went to the story. My friend uh, was in a yeshiva somewhere. And one morning, some bacher heated up his uh, Nestle Hakoko mix uh, using the yeshiva urn. Rosh Yeshiva was so upset, he took the whole urn and he threw it in the garbage. Because it probably just because of Chal of Stam, he was, so, he was so against it. The question is, does that make the, the keli milchiks? Does it make a difference if we're dealing from milchiks to parv, from fleshiks to parv? So that would be another example of where steam might play a role. Obviously, ovens... Ellie, okay. Yeah, sure. Quick question. Is that the same reason why a microwave... 
Very good. So an extension of this question, which we won't get to today, would be microwaves. Would there be steam? Right. Let's say your food steams up. Does right. that does that go down? Right. That's you clean your right. microwave right. for sure. Excellent. That was number four on my list. Good. Number three, I had ovens or hoods. The hood of an oven. Let's say I have a hood on top of a stove top, or uh, you know, commercial kitchen, and there's a hood on top of the grill and deep fryers. Is there any issue? Let's say you're you're cashering a used kitchen. Right. We just did that recently. Some camp in Wisconsin took over a old nursing home and they they're kosher the kitchen using it as a kitchen so you have to go kosher the urn because all the steam from all the deep frying and everything else that was done there all those years shouldn't that have affected the hood of the of the oven another example would be when you're koshering let's say a barbecue grill and you you it, it might be easy to kosher the the rack you'll uh, put it in your oven and you and you will self-clean the the grates but what about the hood of the Barbecue grill. How do you kosher that? Well, we'll see the remote alludes to the uh, hanging salamis. They would have these hanging salamis on top of their stovetops. So you're cooking milchiks, and maybe the steam is going up, hitting the hanging salamis. Uh, what often happens is uh, you, you go to commercial kitchens, especially yeshiva-type kitchens, and they don't have a lot of counter space. So what ends up happening is that they have one counter, and uh, you ask them, is it milchiks or fleishiks? They don't really know. But anyways, right on top of the counter, they have a rack, and they hang up all types of spatulas and, and dishes and tongs and everything else. Let's hope that there's an actual separation between milchiks and fleishiks, but even if those are dedicated to one of them, if they use the counter for both milchiks and fleishiks, even if they cover the counter, when you put a hot boiling pot of, uh, of soup, doesn't that steam, which is fleishik, it's called fleishik soup, you put it down on the counter, and it's a big industrial-sized pot, isn't that going to go and, and make the uh, the uh, spatulas and tongs, wouldn't that make it fleishik? So that's something to keep in mind. It could come up in, in a person's home. You're, you're spicing the chalant. You take your black pepper, putting it right on top of the chalant, or your, your paprika, something like that, and the chalant's hot. It wasn't that you did it before you started cooking. The chalant's hot. It's steaming up, right? You, you, you're, uh, you're getting involved right, uh, right before Shabbos, and you're putting in salt and pepper and everything else, are you making your spices fleshik by uh, by doing that? So, by the way, once we're on the topic of Zeo, we're not going to talk about this, but there's so many other ramifications of this sugya. We're going to see the Rush brings a Mishnah in Machshirin. This Mishnah, which discusses the steam, the Zeya of, of, uh, of water, comes up in many places in Halacha, which we either spoke about at different times, but but not right now, and that is the famous Shaila of Chomet Sha'avalava Pesach regarding whiskey. So a few hundred years ago, the, the Shaila was today the Shaila is bourbon that was owned by uh, by um, Buffalo Trace, owned by Yidden. But years ago, the Shaila was where a husband or a wife forgot to sell the chametz, and they own a bar or a, a, the, the innkeeper. They, they they run the bar over there, and the question was, do they have to throw out all their schnapps? So schnapps is we we learned this a few times already that. Whiskey is distilled uh, beer, so to say. We'll use the, the term beer. It's a you have a beer has hops in it, but your typical malted barley, once it's fermenting, will only get to about thirteen percent alcohol by volume. How do you get it to forty percent? So you distill it. Distillation. Now distillation, the alcohol is actually evaporating at one hundred and seventy degrees. It's being recaptured today by a propylene glycol. It's getting recaptured and and now back to a liquid, but at what point? At one point, it was zaya. So there's a discussion in the Pisgim. Is zaya considered the original food? Do we say zaya is something else? And once it's steamed up, it's no longer the liquid. It's a new thing, and many Pisgim use it as a sniff, as a tziruf consideration when they were discussing chametz shavla pesach. 
the reverse talks about by the way it talks about brandy which is uh distilled wine so there that that's could be Ayinasach and, and other reasons why we're machmer but you can have other cases where you have uh, irish whiskey let's say sometimes irish whiskey actually comes from lactose lactose is dairy so again this would co- the question is is it really dairy is it really dairy maybe since uh chalav is only it's mutter you can't have busted chalav maybe it's dairy and uh we're dealing with um we're dealing with with uh zaya so maybe we could be mako some place can discuss it by kidneyus let's see you had a uh regular straight corn bourbon for pesach so there's no chametz it's only kidneyus kidneyus is only a minog maybe maybe we could be uh mako again i wouldn't be mako about this but there's a shayla one could argue that since this whole concept of zaya is not so clear in halacha um, perhaps we could be makel. The one place where most price can be makel on with the Zaya business is when it comes to carbon dioxide, CO2, when it comes to, when it comes to Pesach. The question is, can you purchase seltzer without uh, without Ashkacha for Pesach? So the, re- the reason why they're makel is because 99% of carbon dioxide that is found in the beverage industry is not coming from hum. It's not coming from beer. It's coming from either um, natural gas or it's coming from uh, corn in America, uh, ethanol, corn ethanol. But the Shiloh that, 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 that the halacha question is, is the carbon dioxide, which is coming from a, a, a distillation uh, process, is that CO2 that's captured, is that considered zea? And is that zea have my mushrooms? Or is that considered, that's nothing, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's evaporated liquid, and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't retain its original taste. So that's more of a side topic when we discuss the halacha of zea. On Irish whiskey, you got, there are people all that smoke it? So, depending on how much research you do with the Irish whiskey, there's always a concern that, in comp- basically in America, if you get straight bourbon, besides the fact that it might be owned by a Yid, Buffalo Trace, but from a cautious perspective, there's a, we just had a share from, from one of our Rabbanim in, in, uh, in the CRC. He started a share by saying, imagine, uh, I told you there's a, there's a list from 500 years ago that, that tells you how to buy fish without Ashkacha, how to buy uh you know, whiskey without Ashkacha, had to buy, you know, different foods on Pesach without Ashkacha. And, and people were laughing. They said, it's the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch discusses this. So in, in the Shulchan Aruch, Simon Kofi Adal, he talks about Yen Rimaynim, pomegranate wine. There, the one non-kosher ingredient that would might go in is, is what we call uh, Stam Yenam. We're, we're concerned that regular grape juice would have been mixed in. So the Shulchan Aruch says, well, you have to figure out, does it make sense? Is there any concern of Chilof? Is there any concern that a Nakhri would put in grape juice instead of Pomegranate juice, right? So, grape juice is very expensive. So, most things you're not concerned for for chilof, right? So, in America, corn ethanol is, is is the cheapest thing around. So, when you're dealing with corn ethanol, you don't have to be concerned that it's coming from wine. Let's say you're in France. For many years, they had the all these uh, all these rules about how much wine to produce and everything. There, there were there was a concern that wine alcohol would actually be mixed in in other alcohol. But in New Zealand and Ireland, that their their natural sugar or their abundance of sugar is coming from the dairy industry and in ireland they have a lot of uh, lactose lactose could be made into ethanol so there would be reason why there's a concern that lactose would be in it now there's something called a milk stout there there is irish whiskey that actually has that has milk in it the question is we're going off on a tangent here but we'll see the Mishkanis Yaakov, we'll see his Pesachah. In that tshuva of the Mishkanis Yaakov, he's Mako. That anytime we're dealing with Heter, we're not dealing with Isser. So let's assume in Ireland, the milk is Heter. Let's ignore the Chal of Stam issue. And you want to know, can I drink this with uh, with Basar? So one could argue that it's Chalav. 
it's zeas chalav, and it's motor. It happens to be there's another issue that lactose comes from cheese, a cheese process. When you make cheese, so there's there's whey and there's lactose that's left over. Now, if the cheese was gvinas akum, so then you might have you might actually have a bigger issue. But it's only awesome derabanan. So the Tzitzeliezer happens to make on that. So that's why he brought, brought an example of Irish whiskey, where um, just as a teaser to show that this discussion of Zaya, which is unclear, the Gemara never mentions that Zaya really is Asher. There's a few mention, you know, uh, here and there, but the Gemara, when it comes to Isra Beheta, doesn't really mention that these things are Asher. The one source, Lechaira, is in Tumavat Tahara. The Mishnah Yaakov will see, says we can't, Eimadam and Milsa Milsa, what are you comparing Tumavat Tahara? to Isser Vahetter and Chametz. He's the big makel here against the Shulchan Aruch. So that's why we're, we're saying that maybe, maybe someone could use it as a tziruf. But for the most part, we're going to assume that steam does transfer taste. And in all these cases, again, the Chametz case was Shalav the Rabbanan, and it was Hefsa Maruba. Most places were still Machmer. But the Mishabur does bring this down when he talks about the Chametz Sha'avar Lava Pesach. And it's something that perhaps one can rely on. In that case, okay. So let's start with the with the makar. So what's the makar for this concept of zeya? So if you and we're going to see, there's an outstanding question on this. The fact is, the fact of the matter is, the other sugya that we didn't learn together is the sugya of recha aroma. There, the Gemara discusses you had meat and uh, and and milk or meat and and uh, and milk is being cooked in the same oven, and there the Gemara says recha milsehi. Yet there's some shitas hold recha lav milsehi, and the actual food is fine. Nowhere does the Gemara mention the issue of Zaya. What about the steam going from one to the other? And there are many different ways how to answer this. So let's start from the beginning, and we'll get to the, the, the different Mahalchim and the Paiskim. So the first place to look is really the Chuvas Harash, but the Chuvas Harash is quoting a Mishnah. So we'll learn the Mishnah together, just the first five lines, first five words. Merchatz Tamea. Let's see at a bathhouse that's Tamea. So if you learn uh, the first parakel Mekvah, you'll see that unless you have an actual mikvah. If you have mayim shuvim, you have water that was uh, in kalim, so that could be makabel tumah. If a tamei person goes into that water, he actually makes the water tamei, unless it's a mikvah. A mikvah is metares atmeim, but if it's not a mikvah, the tamei fellow could make the water uh, tamei. Now, let's see, it's very hot. It's a haisa mikvah, which is possible, haisa possible mikvah, and it's steaming up. So the zeasa tamea, the steam is. Tame, and it can actually make the Mishnah continues. It can actually make things in the house tame just from the steam. Okay, comes along the rush, chuvas a rush in chuva chaf in ois chavav. He says the same would apply to iser v'hater that if you have one pot on top of another pot and they're both cooking. Imagine you had a um, an oven and you have a pot, another pot on top of it, and the steam rising from the bottom pot that will answer the top pot. The haraya, the same as we saw in machshirin. That the zeasa tamea, the zea makes things tame. That's the shita of the rush. The gra, in on our on our simon sadi bays, he brings in another source for this. The other source he says is what we learned previously. We had a discussion regarding you had a piece of a drop of milk fell into a pot, and in the pot was meat. So if the meat is outside the uh, above the water line, everyone agrees it's considered separate, right? And it can make that piece usher, and, and we had Hanan. Sequential chatichanas and and making the whole thing answer. The Gemara there said, if it's mixed right away, then it's all considered one one big pot. Another heter was if it's covered. If the pot is covered, it's also considered one big pot. We also learned this last week. If you have a tipas chal of shenafal or tipas basar fell on, on the side of a wall, the wall of a kedera, 
we said if it hits the, the, the part that's below the waterline, so then it's all considered one, it's bottle, you might have to catch the pot, chumrah, that was last week's year, but the, the food is still fine. If it hits above, you have all these different shitas. But everyone agreed that if it's covered, it's all considered keneged haraitif. So obviously you see from there that steam, the steam in the pot is considered liquid, and it's considered all one mixture, and that's the guraz raya to our discussion regarding ovens. One can make a very, very strong uh, argument that there's two different things here. What the guraz is referring to is, is what we would call hevel. It's a very strong steam. When you see a chicken soup boiling up and it's covered, you, you see a strong hevel inside that kadeira. So of course, it's all considered one. That, that's not that's not zaya. That's not uh, simple uh, a moisture of steam, as opposed to you have uh, you put down a soup and some steam rises above. That's nothing. You, you can't even feel it. There's nothing there. So many places can make this argument that although the gra is a good raya, that would only apply in very specific types of ovens, maybe a microwave. You don't say that Yatsaladisba should be the actual... Oh, the Ramah, we'll see, the, the Ramah Taka says that if it's not Yatsaladisba, then it's fine. Then there's no issue. Well, well you think about a, a foot off. Yatsaladisba could be because of the heat of something else, not because of the steam in the oven. The steam probably has like a measurement at some point. It's not whether it's a, a foot or, or a foot and a half that it's not Yatsaladisba anymore. Right, right. And that's probably the header that people rely on to only have one, uh, one pepper uh, shaker. That by the time it hit, the steam goes up, it's not Yatsalevispa. You're right, it's hot, but that's the residual heat from the pot. The actual steam is not is not Yatsalevispa. That's what many, many rely on. It happens to be Rabbi Kivager, going back to our discussion in other sugis regarding distillation and other uh, steam, he holds, or, or CO2, he holds that Zaya has nothing to do with heat. Who said the, uh, who said the, um, the case in in Mesechta's Machshirin uh, was talking about heat. As long as you see a transfer of of liquid, what's the difference? Now it might not can answer a keli, but it's there. So if you have you have let's say a pepper or a black pepper uh, shaker. So according to Rabbi Kivager, you actually have let's say you used it over your child. You have fleshik ben in the pepper shaker. Forget about it. You have to love this boy or not. And that would be bottle. It happens to be whatever ben would be bottle. You don't see it. It's bottle b'shishim, but uh, that would be another consideration. Okay, so. That's one chiluk we can make. Maybe there's a difference between the the Rosh's case regarding Machshirin, we have a pot on top of another pot, versus the Rama, the, the Gara, his Raya from the Rama that we spoke about previously, that you cover it right away. That's, you see, Hevel, perhaps one can make the chiluk. Let's see the Shulchan Aruch, and then we'll get to our question and several different approaches. So the Shulchan Aruch here in Sif Ches says, Ma, he's quoting the Rosh, Machva Shachalav. So you have this pot of a pan, we'll call it a, pot, a pan of milk, Shanosnu Bakira. You put it into an oven, tachas kadeira shabasar, underneath a kadeira shabasar, hazea, the steam, oile, goes up, venivla bikdeira, it goes into the kadeira, and we assume you don't have shishin, right? That, w- that would have been Sivzayan discussion. Venivla bikdeira vaisarta, it gets absorbed into the, into the kadeira, and it's usur. So let's say you had a, imagine a cr- commercial uh, uh, rolling oven, and there's different uh, shelves. If you have an open shelf of hot milchiks, you have this. Uh, you have this uh, lasagna, and the steam is going up, and you have a pan of chicken around the top. Halacha is, you just made the pan of chicken, milchiks, throw it in the garbage. That's the Shulchan Aruch. The Ramah, you have to put in some words here. He says, basically, He's only talking in a case where it's actual dairy in the bottom pan. If it was just pyre of noodles in a milchik pan, so then there wouldn't be an issue, and we'll see that later on. Not, not a problem. Now, 
only way you're going to have bittel, so you have 60 times the the milk in the pan, you have 60 times that in the uh, chicken, because we assume everything is rising, and there's a lot of uh, transfer of taste. Now, a few uh, important details here. This whole discussion is when the bottom pan is open, not closed, right? You ever heard of double wrapping something? So this is where it comes from. So number one, it has to be that the bottom pan is open. If the bottom pan is closed, there's no steam emanating from it. The Gamayri, as my father said, it has to be so close that at the point of contact where, where the steam is hitting the above Kali, it has to be Shari. Everything is mutter, and therefore he says the minute was tarlim basul yavish. They would hang up the salamis to dry it out. Even on top of their cooking, uh, you know, cream of broccoli soup, you had these uh, dried salamis. We're not concerned for the zeya because by the time it hits it, it's not yad said let this boy. Okay. Now if the if the machvas uh, was covered, many learned this means. The bottom one, the top one was double wrapped. It was covered by a different covering. So Hakoshari needed to have Ashtekaderis Nagazubazu because even if you got the, let's say it was wrapped in foil. So even if you got the foil trafe, the foil is hitting uh, the pan. It's not touching the food itself. It's double wrapped. It's hitting the pan and, and a separate foil. So then it'll be called Ashtekaderis. That's what we started the share with. Right? And it will not be a problem. For sure, with Zeya, it's not going to be an issue. One should be careful in uh, with all these things. So, we'll see what his Lechatchila means. But that's the Ramah, and it seems like the Machabra and the Ramah take the Psaq of the Rush uh, in a... In a uh, in a full way, they're going with the rush. That we have to be concerned for Zaya. Obviously, if it's if it's if it's covered and there's no Zaya or it's not yet this by, that would be the heterim found in the Shulchan Aruch and the and the Ramah. So the outstanding question is, this is the question of the Mishkan Yaakov, and many many Achronim asked this question. That the Gemara doesn't seem to care. We mentioned the Gemara, a few places in Shas, the Gemara talks about Recha using the same oven for both. The Gemara talks about fish and meat. The Gemara talks about meat and uh, and milk and challah, all different types of halachas. And the Gemara never is concerned for zeah. Additionally, when the Gemara talks about Recha, many hold Recha is mutter b'di'evin. And we actually paskin like that in Simon Kofchas that Recha is mutter b'di'evin. Even if you put the challah or you put the milk cakes and fleshies in the same oven in the Gemara's ovens, if they know the difference, we'll see. So why should Zaya be any worse than Reich, which the Gemara explicitly discusses, and is Mekalon? So we have many, many different shitas. So shita number one is the Mishkanis Yaakov. Mishkanis Yaakov was a Yaakov or Kalina, not Chassidish. He had a famous machlekes with the uh, the base of Ephraim regarding Erevin. The base of Ephraim was Mekal. Many of the Poiskim, Rav Menashe Klein, and, uh, and the Chatzka the, Roth, the their chuvas on Erevin in Brooklyn are based on the Psachim of the base of Ephraim. He has some fascinating uh, shitas, but the Mishkan Yaakov vehemently argued with all his rayas and swaras, and he held you cannot make an Erev in a, in a large city. You can't rely on red lights and people going in cars. Mishkan Yaakov was one that was very machmer on the Erev. Anyways, when it comes to uh, this, he's Nako. Mishkan Yaakov, Yerodea, Simon Lamedaud, famous shuva in the uh, in the world of Chamech Shavadama Pesach, that's where he's Mekalon. In that shuva, he's really discussing Basim B'chalav. And again, as we mentioned, Ein Ladamis Milsa Lanosa, 
and don't compare He argues in the Shulchan Aruch, which is a big step, but he says we don't have a Gemara like that. The Rosh is a Chiddush, and there's no reason why we have to be concerned for the Rosh. We have Raya's from the Gemara against it. That's the Shita of the Mishnah's Yaakov. Okay, now he might agree to the Gra when this Hevel Mamish, such a strong steam, like in one pot itself, he would be Machmer, but when it comes to ovens, the Mishnah's Yaakov is Megal. Again, this is against the Shulchan Aruch, but we bring it down, as we'll see, there might be other sars to start attaching to this. The Archa Shulchan, in Simin Tzadibes, in our Simin, in Ois Nunhe, he says, like what the, what the Gura was bringing, that this concern is only when you have a tight, you know, an enclosed oven, a quote, a microwave, or maybe a toaster oven, something like that, where it's a very small oven. There's nowhere for the Zaya to escape. But if you have a place where the Zaya could escape, the steam could escape, then there would be no issue of, of this. And we'll see later on, many uses our Hashochan. I think Rav Hankin, according to Rav, Rav Kleinman, I don't know if he brings in the safer, but Rav Hankin was makel that our ovens are vented. And therefore, many Americans, before Rav Moshe's Truvas came out, many Americans just used one oven for both milchaks and fleshaks. Not at the same time. They might wait, but uh, they would use one after the other, relying that our ovens are vented. And you have the Ar that that only issues when there's nowhere to escape. But if there's a place to escape, then you would be you would be makel. Now, what's a raya brewer against what he just said? So the Babi Ashokan of Havakon brings, look at our Hurma with the salamis. The only reason why the salamis are okay is because the Ramah says it's not Yatsin Ladis boy. But according to the Archashokan, if the Archashokan was correct, that as long as there's a place for the steam to escape, there's no issue of Zaya. So why does the Ramah have to say the only reason why we can put the salami on top of the soup is because on top of the dairy soup, right, hanging over the, the stove top is because it's not Yatsin Ladis boy by the time it reaches it. Even if it was Yatsin Ladis boy, if the Archashokan is correct, then there's room for it to escape. It's not. It's not in a closed uh, vat. There's plenty of room. It could go right, go left, go sideways. And therefore, the Badi HaShulchan and many Paiskim say, the Aruch HaShulchan is Keneged, the Ramah, and we cannot use this as a as a hector. Maybe, maybe it means to the Blias from the top part to escape. So we didn't even get to that yet, the Blias on top. No, that, we're just talking about the salami. Is the salami kosher no, now? The, the salami is fine, but if, you're, if you have an oven and it has nowhere to escape, you're getting Blias from the top. By the salami, you're not going to get any bleeds from the top. So you're not going to bleeds from the top as far, yeah. So as far as so it going salami, down, that that that, that we that don't know. We don't have a riot from the top. But yes, I'm just maybe that escapes. The, the the oven's top has a place to escape. So now we're not worried about it hitting each other because then they're hitting each other anyways. You're just saying maybe those escaped and these are new bleeds. Oh, so you're saying that? But but why would it not? Why would it be different by the salami? There's also a place for it to escape. The salami is not going anywhere. The salami the salami is not hot. The bleas are not going. It, it, all you have is one blea hitting the salami. So is the salami milchitz or not? Does the salami have bleas and milchitz? The bleas are flaccid and it has nowhere to go. If Fine, was, the salami stationary, but you have a milchitz chick, you have milchitz soup, and the soup right. is having steam, and that steam it's is hitting the salami. Right, I'm just saying that the the top part, the heat makes the bleas fly from the top part. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Maybe that would be an answer. So you're saying it needs to be open space, and you have heat on top that that's uh, deflecting. That allows its bleas to leave. Otherwise, or just say better that it's deflecting. It's deflecting. It doesn't allow the steam to go. We'll see that the rush might say that as well. Or what makes a milchig? It flew away. Whatever was up there. Would the Ramah agree to us? Then why does the Ramah to say Why does the Ramah to say Yatsla this by? it's a very good raya against the against the Aruch Hashulchan, and again, it's a it's a tarot. It would help us understand 
why the Gemara doesn't bring it down, but it's not uh, it's not going to be helpful on its own. Halacha The Primagadim brings a raya from the Rambam, and this is the Primagadim found in the Peschei Tshuva. He says, you look at the Rambam in Tumah the Tahara. The the only time we have Zeya is what we call Zeas Mashkin. The Mishnah spoke about water. When you have Zeas Mashkin, when you have steam coming from a liquid. But if you have a solid, who's to say that Zeas uh, Yavesh or Zeas Eichlin is an issue? He's mechalic between the two, and that's how he would understand this uh, apparent uh, Gemara, the, the steer in the Gemara. The Gemara is talking about meat and, uh, and fish, two solids or meat and bread. It wasn't talking about liquid. There was no Zaya there. But in a case of maybe the, who says the Gemara argues? So perhaps... And this is many places can quote this prima and they pass them like this. That depends. If it was a solid, there's no steam, there's no zeya, and if it was if it was a liquid, then we have to be concerned for for zeya. Ramosha Feinstein in uh, in Yerodea in Chelik Aleph Simon Simon Mem, he has a tshuva on this. Uh, someone asked him when the rabbanim asked him, he had three different reasons why you should be allowed to use ovens, fleishik and milchik zeh and he brings this prima So he says two things says to the, to the extreme that if you have something that's literally a solid, maybe a challah, something that there's no moisture there, it's it's a, it's a solid, that we could assume there's no zeah, and it could be naked like the primogavim. But he says if you have something else, and we're not sure, he's, he's concerned that there might be zeah in that in that product. So for example, let's say a pizza. So if you go with the primogavim, a pizza's not a liquid. It's it's a davar yavish. Even if there's some sauce there, it's not a, it's not, it's not a mashke. You wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't call it mashke. So many poisons would say, like the prima gadim, you could be mako. You could put in pizza right after you uh, you, you put in uh, fleshix. According to Rav Moshe, not so fast because pizza is not a yavish davar yavish mamish. It's not a yavish mamish. It's we're not, we're not so convinced that this is this is uh, there's no zeya at all, and we would have to be concerned for zeya. Okay, a few more, and then we'll, we'll conclude, and we'll get to halacha l'maisa. We'll, we'll touch upon halacha l'maisa, and we'll get to most of it next week. A few more uh, mahalchim. That is the chavas das. Chavaz Das says, your whole raya is from Tumah V'tahara, where the, uh, you have this puzzle mikvah, and, the tam- and, it, and it became Tameh, some Tameh fellow went into the mikvah, and you have a heist mikvah, and the steam is going up, and it's hitting all types of things and making them Tameh. Fine. That's one direction. Who says it ever comes down? So let's say you had an oven, and you cook everything in your oven, fleishiks, milchiks, according to the, the, the Chavaz Das, the, the Nasivas, there'll be no issue on your food. The, yeah, the top of the oven is treif, so don't stick pita on top of the oven. But it never comes down. Zeya goes up. Who says Zeya goes down? You have no raya from from the Mishnah and Taharas. And if that's the source for Zeya, we don't have a good source that it goes back down. There's another heter that the Rush himself says. The Rush doesn't say it explicitly, but he, he alludes to it, and Ravelsky uses this as a uh, heter with other tzirufim. And that is that if the top pot is hot, so then it deflects the steam, or it burns out the steam right away. The steam can't affect a hot pot. When you have a cold salami on top of a, you know, a cream of broccoli soup, and it's yachal this but it's literally right there. So then the steam has easy access. It just hits the salami, and you have a problem. But let's say you had something that was hot. It had its own heat, so it deflects the steam. It doesn't absorb any taste. And he held that was mutter, uh, with, in conjunction with other ethereum. That's the Archa Shulchan goes with that as well. Again, this is the Rush himself. 
Rav Moshe does not go with it, but Ravelsky was makele with, with other uh, considerations. The most common question of this would be in a, in a case of, uh, in a case of, of the uh, urn or a spout. You have your hot water spout and someone put their, uh, their fleshic uh, chicken soup uh, mix or trafe and the steam or your hot cocoa, you know, hollow stop mix, does that answer the spout? So Ravelsky was typically makele. There's another hat there that it's probably only a klisheni. It's, it's steam from a klisheni. The steam from the hot water, that's kosher. The only steam that's also is steam from the trafe, that's a klisheni. So the other reasons to be makele as well. And finally, the other hat that we mentioned uh, briefly before is the hetter of vents. If there's ventilation, perhaps the zea does not, uh, won't come down. It might go up, but it won't come down. Perhaps that will be another hetter as well. So now that we saw, you know, a, a dozen or so different mahachim had to understand this Gemara, had to understand this Gemara with the Mishnah in Taharis, and the Rosh was machmir. So you have all different types of shitas when it comes to and we'll just give a, a, a quick uh, synopsis, but we'll go through it a little more in detail next week. The question really is, how seriously do the Paiskim take this rush? Some will say, what do you mean? It's Basu V'chala, that's Mamash and Isidaraisa, and it's Brodin Shulchan Aruch. It's a regular, regular halacha. And we have to be machmer, we're machmer like the rush, and all these different svaras we don't really uh, consider. And therefore, a person cannot use an oven for both milchiks and fleshiks uh, unless you kasher in between. We will talk about next week how to properly kasher it. And uh, better yet, they should have two different ovens, two separate ovens, even a shy if you let a kasher back and forth. Avoid that as well. This is found in the Minchas Yitzchak and the Badi Yashochan. They say a person has to have two different ovens if you can afford it, or, uh, or you have to kasher. You kasher in between because you cannot use an oven for both milchiks and fleshiks. And I believe this is most, uh, most of the yeshiva world, that's how they treat their ovens. They won't use a, uh, an oven, a fleshig oven for milchiks unless they kasher in between. They might be makel had a kasher it. They might not wait 24 hours. They might uh, not do a real uh, libun, but they're not going to just use that same oven for both milchiks and fleshiks. On the other hand, I used to have a charusa, Mizrahi fellow, big time and he was shocked that everyone, uh, everyone in the community, you know, had two different ovens and they're busy kashering. He said, no, where, he, where he grew up, they relied on Rav Hankin that uh, that there's um, that our ovens are ventilated and uh, make sure you cool, it cools down in between uh, fleshiks and milchiks and no problem they would use uh, use the oven for both for both milchiks and fleshiks no problem so those are the two extremes and you have some nuance in between uh, we'll talk about if it's covered not covered what's considered uh, you know a saucy item we, we touched upon some of these things but that's why you'll have many different uh, opinions amongst the pie skin and you'll see some people they they'll uh, they'll cash in between some will say well it depends maybe pizza's dry you could use it but either way just want to point out whenever we're dealing with using an oven for both milchiks and fleshiks unless you're kashering with libun gummer unless you're self-cleaning a person has to clean it out before if you clean it if you self-clean it you burn everything inside but if you don't clean so it's not called ze achar ze. You're not cooking fleshiks after milchiks. You're cooking fleshiks with milchiks. If there's milchiks in the bottom, if you're in a dira and there's a cheese and sauce or ribs on the bottom of the oven, and now you're heating up uh, fleshiks in there, or milchiks, whatever the case is, it's not ze achar ze. We're only concerned for ze. You're mamish cooking with, with each other, and you have an issue of recha on a lechatchil level. You're not allowed to do that. That's, that's the iser. And you have a much more serious concern of zea because there, it's uh, it's not going up. It, 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 you know, the, the whatever's on the oven floor is going straight up and hitting it. You lose out on the chavazdas. You lose many of the hetherim that we mentioned. So therefore, this whole conversation, this whole discussion is only when the oven is clean. And you want to know, can I use it without kashering in between? So those are the different uh, considerations a Paiskin would consider. So perhaps next week, the first few minutes, we'll give more of a clearer... Uh, guidelines of, of how to use ovens uh, for both milchiks and fleshiks. 
to be out to most most of the sheet. This one be out to all the sheet you have to cast in between. But uh, we'll try to give more of a uh, a Hasbro of what many people do. But again, in the yeshiva world, most of them will just have two separate ovens, or they will kosher in between fleshics and milchics. I, I think you said the Chavadah said that 